Show presents Scratch It Track. The podcast where we debate which track to scratch off some of the most known and unknown albums of all time. We live in an era of singles. This is an album. People no longer listen to an album for the work it truly is. It kind of defines a band. It's just not something that people relate to nowadays. We've all gotten the dreaded. Started out as a game. Which track on the album would would you scratch out if you had to? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Scratch a Track presented by the Dude and Grim Show. I am the Dude and he is Grim and uh, we're very happy to have you here. How are we doing there, Grim? Doing well this evening, uh, Deuterino, Deuteronomy. Sweet. Yeah. Dude, I feel like, I know it's, I think we, the last one we did was was another Thursday, but I feel like it's been a long time since we've, we've I know. done one of these. I don't know. It, it's weird. It's it, it, was a, it was a long week. It was, it was a long <laughs> it was week. It was a really I grueling know, like, yeah, Grooming. dude, I couldn't even tell you what what the hell I did, but I'm, no. I'm sure it was spectacular. But um, so, yeah, speaking of going and whatnot, what has been going on is uh, very, very close to the title of the album we're going to talk about. What's going on by Marvin Gaye? Yeah. Um, what are your what are your initial thoughts and impressions um, about this album, my friend? Well, I was introduced to this album late in high school. Uh, by Mr. Toby Schuler. So shout out to Mr. Schuler oh. for recommending that I listen to this as it was described to me as kind of a like concept oh. soul album. And right. so with that, I, I just, uh, you know, got a hold of a copy of it and started listening to it. And, and I always, uh, I, I think that that was a pretty adequate description is the the whole album flows really well, seems to have right. a consistent theme. Now, to be honest, I had a vague concept maybe at the time of what that theme was and what that theme meant. Right. I think as uh, in time, I've I've really understood it maybe a little bit more apart from sure. not having gone through it myself. Um <clears throat> What what about yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, I, well, I had, I had known of Marvin Gaye, and I had known of basically the song "What's Going On." And the more I listened to it, I actually realized that there's a few songs in it that I had known, and they've been in movies and things, yeah. and uh, just kind of kind of picking up on that. But um, you know, for listening to beginning to end, I, I, initially I, I didn't. It never really dawned on me or occurred to me that, hey, this is a concept album where I was thinking it flows together or anything like that. But it certainly is that. And there is um, it's it's a deep album. Like it talks about uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the social injustices going on around the country um, as well as everything that was going on in Vietnam. And um, Mm -hmm. he had a, a really big kind of personal relationship with that because his brother was in Vietnam and uh, uh, would send him letters kind of describing things. And yeah, that was a, something I hu- didn't know. Huge influence. I, yeah, I thought yeah, that was I mean, really interesting because I, I feel like it made it uh, more personal. Not to say that, you know, aside from his brother, that he wouldn't have had experiences or known people who had, who had come back from the war. But I think that that takes that experience to another level and makes it even more personal, therefore yeah, it, giving it, it you does. a really good basis to write about. Sure, it does. And he, um, 
Um, and I'll, you know, we can get to this a little bit, but kind of focusing more on um, uh, the the coming back from Vietnam and, and kind of getting back into society mm-hmm. and and trying to figure yourself out um, and where you fit in and where you belong. That's something that I've seen. You, I've seen a lot in movies, uh, yeah. kind of like with uh, Dead Presidents, Jacob's Ladder, uh, The Deer Hunter, for sure. That's um, the one those, I was going to bring up. Yeah, yeah, those ones are it's it's very apparent, but but to have an album uh kind of express those feelings and emotions is is something that I hadn't uh really uh, you know dealt with or, or or experienced before. So so I think that was that was really cool um and 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 that's that's kind of I think one of the concepts. Um but yeah. But he was yeah, I mean he was he was going I think the only way to really say it is he was going through some shit. At the yeah, time. I was just going to uh, get into that because if you look at kind of what led up to this in a way it was kind of like a big comeback I guess if you will for him. I mean, just before right. it it started uh he started working on it or maybe in the midst of it. I mean, Tammy Terrell died of a brain tumor and anyone who Ugh. knows his body of work, I mean, those two partnered on a lot of classic Motown hits. Right. Right. You know, she was yeah. his female counterpart and right. Yeah. I mean, he, and also I think, I think it was unfortunately, and it was the perfect storm, you know, um, Tammy Terrell passed away. Uh, his marriage failed. He was doing a ton of blow at the time. He had IRS troubles yep. and he was having, having issues with Motown records. I mean, you know, <laughs> that, yeah. that, that's, that, that's not a great, um, <laughs> a great track that you're going down at the, at that point. So, no, and it's, it's um, interesting because, uh, in looking into it, you find out, I mean, everyone knows that, uh, that knows about Motown would say that Barry Gordy, uh, the founder of Motown records, Although responsible for a lot of great things, was a very much a like a control freak, and it was it was his way or the highway. And this album is similar to what I'm about to go into, but I believe that Stevie Wonder was the first Motown artist who had creative control over his own music. Um, And and that's that's, you know, I I not maybe that wasn't that uncommon for the time, but it it seems that especially with Motown, they had such a sound and and such, a you know, it was such an institution that he was not going to relinquish control because he felt that he knew better than the artists. And this this album was one where, um, you know, Marvin Gaye ended up uh having the credit as producer, which I think was, was fairly unheard of at the time. Right. Right. Well, and that's not, (laughs) this is not an uncommon story uh, when it comes to, to record companies and what they want from their artists. You had a hit, you've had this hit. We basically want you to keep doing the same thing because we know that's, what's going to sell. Yeah. And so, so when Marvin Gaye kind of, he went to Barry Gordy and said, hey, I'm, I'm, I, I think I want to do something a little more political. I want my music to say something and I want it to reflect kind of the world that we're living in. Gordy was like, yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think, think so. that's going to work for, I don't <laughs> think that's going to work for us. So just keep doing what you're, you're doing. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, I mean, he, uh, uh. Gay just kind of went and he he kind of did his own thing. I think very quietly. It sounds like he he basically went and recorded what's going on and he kind of 
picked and chose like uh, the musicians that he wanted to work with on the album. And you said yeah. it was uh, apparently it was a very, very laid back sessions, a lot of smoking pot and drinking scotch and everything. Yeah. Um, Which I, I mean, you can, you, I, in my opinion, at least in, in the opening track, what's going on, it, it feels like that, you know, it's, um, and same thing with it what's does. happening, brother. Like they both kind of have that, that sort of feel to them. But yeah, one yeah. thing I didn't know that I found interesting was that, Marvin Gaye didn't fully write the song "What's Going On." It was it was actually written by um, another Motown songwriter, Al Cleveland, um, who wrote a song based on his conversations with another soul singer, Ronaldo Benson, based on some yeah. of the things that he witnessed, just kind of on tour and in the things that he was seeing. But then I guess Marvin Gaye did add some of his own. Uh, bits to it lyrically and musically and you know apparently recorded the song without necessarily thinking it was going to be this album and gave right. it to Barry Gordy who did not like it <laughs> and then behind yeah. the scenes somebody uh, I, I I can't recall the name but somebody at Motown Harry, Harry Balk Harry yeah. Balk he's another Motown executive yeah yeah he kind of took it behind the scenes and pressed an initial X I think it was a thousand copies or something hundred hundred thousand oh I thought that was the second bit like he produced a small run oh. and then that was oh, wild, wildly successful so he produced another larger run which was the hundred K and then they were able to go back at that point to Barry Gordy and be like, look, you know, like, yo, <laughs> with all due respect, this has got some traction and it should no, be out no. there. And yeah. then and then, as I understand it, recording uh, the rest of the album kind of began. Yeah, Gordy, uh, I think he saw the light. And so he, yeah. he drove up to, uh, to to Marvin Gaye's house and basically said, hey, you can do whatever you want to finish the album. Just do it. Do it within 30 days yeah. and we'll put it out. <laughs> Which I love and so that. that's where. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <clears throat> you know, it's it, it's such a such a business American way to do things. Right. Yeah. Like it's just, oh, yeah. It's, it's 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 really funny. Um, but that's when he got just like you were saying with. um uh, Stevie Wonder, I think um, that's where he got his creative control and he was able yep. to produce this album. And dude, uh, from what I heard, like basically he recorded it. They recorded it with, I think, within 10 days. Like it, it went. It went yeah, really, really I think quick. I think the basic the basic tracks with like right. the Funk Brothers and a couple of the other people. And then I believe they went to L.A. or something at one point to get yep. like some, str- some of the string arrangements and some of the other stuff. Um, right. Which, you know, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it was, uh, once it was released, I mean, it sold over the album sold over 2 million copies in the first year and it was, uh, got up to number six on the charts. It stayed on the charts for over a year and, and just the single itself, what's going on sold two and a half million copies by the end of the year. I mean, that's, that's pretty damn successful right there. And, and I would argue, I, and not that I'm a, a great music historian, but I mean, at least, in my upbringing, that that was probably aside from Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, which those a lot of those songs like "Ain't No Mountain High Enough" was a very famous one. But this was the one that I think for Marvin Gaye as a solo artist that I knew more so than any other song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and it was it was definitely it was it was well received by critics. Um, but then you know once. 
Gay died or was killed in uh, in 1984. A lot of critics and, and people started um, kind of relooking and reevaluating the album and it kind of its its importance and what it stood for and everything. It's it's which is a very good thing. It's just unfortunate that it takes something like yeah. that to happen yeah, for people. Sure. People give it another look and listen and be like, oh, you know, actually, this is a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, so. Well, okay, so. Not to jump too far ahead, but jumping into the tracks, you brought up something that that is uh, an important part of the whole Marvin Gaye story, which is the his death at at the hands of his father. I always I, I found it interesting when you listen to the lyrics in the song "What's Going On," which is the opening track. The lyric yep. "Father, Father, we don't have to escalate." It, it's like it. It's it's kind of like it foreshadows the whole thing. It is interesting, and I, I, I haven't read too much about um, his death and anything or anything, but I'm curious as to what their relationship was like and what led up to that. Um, do you know anything about that? I mean, I don't. I believe, and again, this is without reading anything. I believe his father was a preacher. Um, I. I th- think that that could be wrong but either way um i know that they did have sort of a troubled relationship and i'm sure couple anything that would go along with that that the fact that you have a hugely successful musician son and i'm i'm sure i'm sure it it was probably pretty rough yeah but it, it it's interesting because you know if his father was a preacher there's um uh, a lot of songs on this album that um, are sort of some religious uh, songs talk about God a lot uh, and uh, talk a lot. I mean, a lot about love that that is definitely one of the themes uh, in, in this album Yeah, uh, is, is there is, you know, the song, you know, God is love and Holy, Holy. I mean, those are yeah. you know, pretty, you know, pretty to the point. So, um, but yeah, I don't know if you want to, if you want to start getting into, Get get into the songs here, man. You you ready for that? Yeah, I, I think so. Um Okay. I mean we kinda already did that with uh yeah, Marvin Gaye yeah. Sr. was a Christian minister who was a strict disciplinarian and uh, uh often uh, physically punished his children. Wow, uh, that's sounds like a really so, good father figure. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of other stuff, but we're we won't go into that. So anyways, <laughs> No. Yeah, getting yeah. into the song. So we kind of covered uh, what's going, uh, the song, what's going on. Um, one other interesting point that I think is is really cool is that um, I think there was a couple guys from the Detroit Lions and a guy from the Detroit Pistons that David Bing. Yeah, that Marvin Gaye kind of recruited to do some of like the talking back and forth. You know, to give it uh-huh. that feel of like people hanging out and right, right. Well, yeah, there. You know, before we get fully into the album, he at one point he, uh, it was when he was taking a break from things. He was he got really back in touch with his spirituality, uh, and he started to pursue a career in football with the Detroit Lions. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the uh, I guess the owner that didn't really pan out. The owner said, you know, if you got any sort of injury, that could really derail your music career so yeah um yeah so you decided you know and i think it was a good decision to go go back into music get back in the studio yeah back in the studio um 
but yeah, so one day, so with with what's going on, I, actually the first time I think I actually heard this song, it's in the movie Jerry Maguire when Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger get married and Cuba Gooding Jr. like sings it at their wedding or something. That, that's, that's funny. The, that, that I think that might have been like the first time I really realized like this this song and knew it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it is, it, it is kind of funny. But so one thing about this song, and I'm not sure if you saw this, uh, you'll notice in this song and a lot of the songs, the the vocals are doubled. Yeah. And, and, and that I, was by an mistake. Yeah, that yeah. I found that really interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, it really one of those happy accidents yeah. that turned yeah. it, turned into gold. Um, but yeah, so so I, I guess how it happened is it, Marvin Gaye he recorded two vocal tracks for the song, and he wanted to listen to each track uh, to decide which one was better. And somehow the engineers accidentally merged the tracks together or played them together, and they thought it was you know it was like obviously a mistake. And then he heard it and he was like. That's awesome. We're gonna do that. Yeah, and it's it's really it's really cool, man. It, yeah, I, I really is. like it on 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 this song. I really really like it on this song. Um, but yeah, this was. I think you know you talked a, a little bit about this song and how um, it was. You know, he shares I think kind of a partial writing credit, but it is you know a protest song about about Vietnam itself, but then all about the violent protests that that were were going on in the United States um at at that time as well so yeah it's it's uh, kind of like the uh like the microcosm of all the other songs together right i mean it, it's like this yeah. whole big scope of you know what's going yeah, on yeah what's going on i mean dude you, you really can't say any better than that so and then we go into to the second song and these songs do i think they they kind of flow right into each other right yeah which, they do which, and is, they have such a yeah. similar sound too that's one thing I was going to say, and that, that really helps when you flow in. Um, but yeah, what's happening, brother? And that was dedicated to his, his brother, Frankie, who is the, the Vietnam veteran. And uh, it kind of explains uh, the disillusionment uh, for war veterans uh, when they return to just kind of the civilian life and, and yeah. how disconnected they are and, and, and how tough that is. So, yeah. And it does have a, a very a very similar, similar feeling. Um, you know, what, one thing I really like about, I think, this song and, and a few of the other songs, I love it when they use the Congos. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's a really cool, uh, a really cool sound uh, for, for this album. I really like it. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because you, you kind of, you're riding on this and then you go into Flying High in the Friendly Sky, which is obviously about drug use. I would probably argue most specifically heroin would be my, because I think that was, uh, a big thing for a lot of the the guys when they got back um, was heroin specifically, and you know the song kind of has that that sort of feel to it. It's really it's kind of slow and and trippy, and um, you know it 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 basically talks about drug use and and how it how it hooks you and um, how you, what does he say something about uh, that makes slaves out of men. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it and you can definitely tell from the lyrics. I mean that 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 is very apparent. Um but the way it's kind of told a little bit almost as sort of a story about oh you start the day and you're okay yeah. and it it, it kind of creeps up on you and you you're like oh I need my fix. I need my fix. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh yeah, it is kind of more more of a story in 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 that regard. 
Uh, the uh, the next track we have is Save the Children, which is um, kind of what it <laughs> sounds like it is. It's 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 definitely like a, a, a an emotional plea to all the disadvantaged children that that are out there in the world, and um, it's it, it's interesting. It, it I think of this song almost as sort of like a duet. Because yeah. he will, he, he he speaks the words and then he sings them, and he'll speak them and then, yeah. and then he sings them. One uh, thing and, I, I do like about the uh, way he does it and how he phrases it is it's it's almost like he's kind of talking about uh, everything that goes along with this and contemplating it, and then at some point he's like, you you know what? Let's save the children. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just just his phrasing to go into it. Yeah, I, I find that kind right. of funny. Right, no, it is good. It is good. Um, and then that flows, I think that just flows right into, to God is good, which is the shortest song in the album. I mean, it's, it's a minute and 42 seconds and it, it has this, I mean, Hey, or God is good. God, God is, is love. love, dude. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> God is love. God, it, it took me back to my, uh, uh, you know, yeah. elementary school and, oh, and yeah. high school days at going Catholic church. Central here. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, going to church. Uh, but yeah, the, on, on this song, the uh, again the the doubled vocals are really apparent. It talks about God and and basically it just says, "Hey, we need to love each other." Um, so yeah. he, it's 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 really to the point <laughs> for yeah. the most part. Yep, and then um, interesting that I think it's uh, kind of a nice tie-in is that then he goes into "Mercy, Mercy Me," uh, the ecology, which is kind of about the environment, and interesting to have that being talked about. Then I think before that was uh, in the forefront of right being a political issue. Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I don't even know if people knew like what the ozone was back then, or people weren't really talking about it and global warming or anything. Yeah, for for 1971, it definitely feels a little ahead of its time. But he does. He's talking about radiation and pollution. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's yeah it's 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 interesting. I've I've really. I really found that to be interesting, and it, it's it's one of my more favorite <clears throat> favorite songs on on the album. Yeah. Um, oh I, yeah, really good I, song. I, I did feel like, and and I don't know if you noticed this, or you know, maybe if you go back and listen to it, I did feel like the the transition from God is love, God is love, right into Mercy Me. It seems a little abrupt. Uh, like it just wasn't this smooth, flowy transition. It just kind of like chopped in. It was strange. Well, yeah, and you know who knows how it was recorded and and what their means were to splice the tapes together, and I, I don't know, right? But I know what you mean. Right. It, it does kind of just, yeah, pop right just in go. there. Yeah, and which so, you so don't have a problem that, because now we flip the record. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I was gonna say. Now we get to side two. So mercy me is the we end that uh, side one. I think it's a great way to end, end the side. But then. We start uh, side two with with Right On, which is the longest song in the album at seven and a half minutes. Um, And it's it's uh, it's it's really upbeat, got a nice piano and flute parts. Um, And then what is so so I I know how, you know, you've done it in the past with like kind of, you know, playing, you know, using something and playing like the music. Oh, like a guiro. Yeah, yeah. As I guess yeah. is that what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's but he has that, a real it, one. You know. I just I did yeah, it with a one. with a gooseneck and a knife. But yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so they, they had you a know, real one. Yeah, you work with what you have. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, but but it's interesting because um, all the songs leading up to this, his vocals are very very prominent uh, because I mean he's I think the you know the the focal point. 
Mm-hmm. But this th- this song actually starts off, and his vocals are uh, definitely more in the backgrounds, uh, and and they don't they're not as up front. And then and then I think about a minute or so into the song, they 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 come up, and it's his vocals are alongside with 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 the flute that's playing. And yeah, and to me, it's. Instrumentally, this is my favorite song on the album. I, I just think it's uh, I love there's there's a bunch of different parts. The flute, there, there's a, you know, uh, saxophone gets this little squeal in there and it gets a little mm-hmm. funky and the piano. But I just feel like the, the way the song goes uh, instrumentally, this is definitely my favorite song on the album. Yeah, I, I can see that. It, it really that that's why I think it's a cool way to start side two, uh, like you'd mentioned, mm-hmm. just because it's um, it, it's kind of a nice change. And not to say that it, it it doesn't fit with the feel of the rest of the album, but yeah, there's there's a noticeable kind of pickup, right? Yeah, and it's interesting because yeah. I, I think this one really, to me, talks about like the social aspects of it because you're you're taught his lyrics are kind of talking about some of us are born with races to win, and and then the the one that I always found funny is like, but then there's some of us who simply like to socialize, <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> There just is kinda, there yeah, is just kind of hanging out, man. <laughs> hanging out, man. Hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, but so, yeah. No, no, no. I was just gonna say it's uh, it's it's an interesting then to go into holy, holy, um, holy, holy. I know. I do really enjoy the wordplay with that one. Um, yeah, that's good. It, like it completely holy, not not holy, holy. holy, holy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But this is one of the I guess you could say it, it kind of is the is the brother or sister to to God is love. with yep. Sort of, I guess, you know, re, sort of religious undertones. Um, but it, 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 it transitions nice and slowly. It has a very kind of relaxed and sober feel to it. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, you know, it's a, you know, come together, proclaim love is our salvation. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it is, it's a lot about love and making the world a, a, a better place. Um, so it's, yeah. Yeah. That's that yep. kind of song. And, it, and uh, then right before inner city blues, right. To, to top off the album, which this yeah. is also one of my favorite ones uh, instrumentally. Oh, yeah. I I do. Okay. I really enjoy the the make me want to holler lyric. Um, I just oh. it's it, it's a good lyric. It, it's well placed and and the the it's a really nice piano part. Um, and yeah, just I think it's an interesting way to end the album because I mean you go through all this kind of scope of emotions, scope of issues, and. Yeah. In some sense, it's like we're right back where we started. Yeah, well, you it know? is because because then we have the uh, the you know uh, what's going on kind of reprise, right? Where yeah, it, yep. it, it comes it comes back in. It is it's it's very you know you come full circle. Yeah, um, and 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 I have uh, you know I didn't know of this song. I mean, I knew of this song, but I, I don't think I ever put together that it was him off this album. Uh, the first time I remember hearing this is actually it's in the movie Zodiac, and oh, they're doing okay. this. They're doing this this time lapse, um, you know, passage of time sequence of the Transamerica Pyramid in San Francisco being built, and so the the song starts playing, and then you see the the time lapse of the pyramid being built, and then you okay. see a time lapse of turning day into night uh, in in the sky, and it's I mean visually that's very striking, but I always I always 
love that part in the movie and I love the way this song goes with it. And obviously, I mean, they were they were filmed and recorded at very, very, uh, you know, different times. But I, I think that is probably around the time in the movie um, or the time period in the movie. Yeah, this, sure. This song came out. So so, so it fits in. But um, but this song is it, it's it is one of my favorites on the album. And yeah. it also has a very kind of autobiographical feel. Uh, yeah, to it because he uses words about breakups and setbacks. I can't pay my taxes. Yep. Uh, and, and so, and, and I love the opening piano. It's just, uh, it's just I, know. It's, I know. It's, 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 yeah, really put the hook in me. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite uh, spots on the album for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, we're not talking about bonus tracks or anything because that is the album. Nope. And that album. with that, I would say that you're definitely first on the T. Um, okay. I think we're probably going to hit from the pro tees today. <laughs> the, the the blue <laughs> or the black ones, or you know, all right. That's that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So well, so uh, yeah, I will. I feel like I, there's a part of me that feels like an easy choice, and I really hope I don't go to hell for saying this. But God is love. I, I could okay. I could definitely. Skip that one for me. It's a minute and forty two seconds. Uh, if if it, there's just nothing about it that really stands out to me. And I also like Mercy Mercy Me, the Ecology, so much that I have no problem just getting right on to 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 that song. So yeah, that's, that's my that's fair. Yeah, I in a got? very similar fashion uh, would would do the same thing, but with Holy Holy. I thought you it, might. It's just, it, it's kind of slow for me. And, you know, it gets so deep into religion where I'm like, all right, all right. All right. You know, he's talking about, he gave us a book to, you know, he's, he, he really dives deep into it, which, which is fine. It's just, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's a lot. Hey, you want to get to inner city blues and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I do. I just, I want to hear that piano intro. Oh, I do, man. I do. I could listen to that over and over and over again for uh-huh. sure. Yep. Uh, well, I think that that kind of wraps up our uh, Marvin Gaye. What's going on? Wouldn't you say there, dude? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's officially scratched. Scratched. I don't know why I do an X when I say scratch, but it just it looks good. I yeah. Know. See, I feel like I need one of those sound effects machines with the the record sound. <laughs> like yeah, that's yeah. as as we get bigger and, and pick up big time sponsorships, we'll get one of those. We'll definitely get that. We'll have actually we'll hire someone and they'll just like throw in those sound effects. Just, yeah, you just kind of you know, look at them and snap. Yeah, like, hey, boom. Like, they'll, know, they'll know. They'll know. So yeah. Well, on that note, everyone, that's officially scratches out what's going on by Marvin Gaye. Um, a very good album. We highly recommend you check it out. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoyed looking at our smiling faces, and we hope you continue to do so. So please subscribe, hit like, hit that bell, so that way you know every time the Dude and Grim open up a uh, or load up a another scratch a track or another episode of another type. Oh, there of are surprises coming, even more you so no than idea. you've already. Yeah, yeah, a lot in the works minds, here. Minds will be blown. So, yeah. <laughs> on that note. Take care, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll uh, we'll see you in the next one. Scratch you later. Bye. Scratch a track is produced by the Dude Grim. Additional music provided by Moore. That's dot 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 M O R E and the Tims T I M N Z. Copyright twenty twenty. The Dude and Grim Show.